It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Swing high for a ball! Built to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! He is! Braves win! Braves win! Braves win! It's a walk-off! Acuna sends us home! Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mass, Digital Media Content Manager, virtually alongside Braves Alumni Director Greg McMichael. Uh, Greg, we're about, what, two weeks into the season? Not even quite two weeks yet, almost two weeks. And, um, boy, there's been no shortage of close games and action and um, <clears throat> things to talk about with outcomes and whatnot. Um you know, you and I were talking before we signed on or before we hit record about how we've the Braves have played so many close games so far. And it's like you have to remember to step back every now and then and go, all right, the record is this, whatever they are right now, four and six, I think, as we're recording this. But they're so close. So you can look at these games and go just a couple little things go differently here and there. And you're six and four or you're seven and three. And it's I think you were saying before we signed on, it's like. 162 game season, the cream will rise to the top. Essentially, the the best teams will eventually win out. Um, so it's so easy when we get early in the season, especially like we were talking with Chipper last week. When you start out 0 and 4, it's like everything gets so magnified. Um, but it's 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 a it's a long season. So I, I'm I've been overall I've been very excited about what we've seen thus far. Um, uh, replays notwithstanding um, <laughs> and reviews and whatnot. Uh, but we figured getting the season started and it was a perfect time to have on somebody we've had a couple of times now. He was one of our first guests. We've had him on a few times. Uh, Braves general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, who's always very gracious with his time with us and his staff. They're always, they're always willing to fit us in and, and talk with us, which I very much appreciate. Um, Great to have Alex on. I think we've got some good insight from him on a number of different areas, both in on the current team and in how he how he does his job. Um, I'm always just Alex is so smooth, I guess, in how he he answers questions, and I don't mean that in like in, in a deceitful way. It's he answers them thoughtfully. He's just uh, he's very calm, cool, collected, which I think that's I would think of the the necessary skills you have to have to do to be a GM. Being calm and cool and collected is is right up there towards the top, right? Yeah, that's a it's a tough a tough job because he's got to think about now, he's got to think about tomorrow, he's got to think about the future. He he uh, he's probably one of the sharpest guys I've been around. That just has the personality, has the temperament, has um, you know, just the intelligence to do the job he does really well. And you know what? It shows. I mean, he's been successful everywhere he goes. He, uh, I think Sporting News made him executive of the year in 2015. 
when he was with Toronto. Um, yeah, I've been, he's been with us since 2017, been nothing but short of impressed with him, not only personally, but then professionally as well. He's always as open and honest as he can be. I mean, you can't do this job and just be an open book. I mean, it's just impossible. There's things that you've got to hold. You got to hold close to the vest because there's a, this competitive advantage. You're dealing with agents, you're dealing with players, you're dealing with emotions and psyches of players. And it's just, you can't be just all out there. I mean, it, it is, it is a business certain, but he, he walks that line very well. He plays it. Uh, he plays it uh, as good. And, and like I said, it's not being deceitful. It's just, that's what comes with the territory. And, uh, and you know what, I can honestly say if, you, if people have not had a chance to talk with Alex personally, he, he's the same. I mean, walking around, he does walk around the office. He does talk to the other staff members, uh, that whether you're in marketing or you're a, um, you know, you're a trainee or you're on the sales team, marketing, whatever he, he, he walks around, he's very accessible and, uh, he's the same. Um, which is, uh, it's always appreciated, you know, when you're kind of real and, and approachable, uh, it's hard not to pull for somebody like that. Absolutely. And it's, you know, and he, he truly does care and he does keep tabs on everything within the organization. It's so for instance, on the, the marketing social media side, uh, we put out a few videos leading up to both the season and then our home opener that we were pretty proud of. And we're, we're a pretty strong team within ourselves. I mean, we, we work as a group and collaboratively and, and, you know, I, I, for instance, like there's these videos, like the, the, like Hannah Weicker, who I work with, she's had, Oh my gosh, so many great ideas here lately. And it's, it's great to see them come to fruition. And I just want to help help in any way. And I can with those things, Brad Merriweather, same deal. He spearheads a lot of this stuff and I'll want to just pitch in and help wherever I can. If I have an idea, I always know that I feel like, and that they believe in it, that they're going to do whatever they can to help with my idea too. And Greg Mize, same deal. So these are, and I'm not name dropping them just for the heck of it. I'm saying it's like, we're all part of the Braves organization and we're a team within the team that, that work hard and work together. And with Alex kind of being one of the guys at the top. So one of our videos, he sent a, he sent the email with the tweet uh, here and said, this is incredible. And it was just a video we put out on social media. And so, Hey, we know he's watching and that he's keeping tabs on what we're doing, but then it makes you feel good when he's giving us compliments on something that we did. I mean, it just, it's that, that recognition, that validation. It's well, that's what it is. It's validation of like, all right, we we're doing the right things here. And so when you have somebody like that, that's your GM and is running the baseball ops side of things, but also, you know, that they care about what everybody in the organization is doing. It just, it just makes you feel good as part of the, as part of the company, as part of the organization, it makes you feel good that, Hey, that they're, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to watch our videos on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or, or YouTube or wherever, but he does. And he wants us to know that we're, Hey, we're, you're doing a good job here. And that, and we very much appreciate that. Um, I want the other thing too, like, I, I know I've had friends or whatever, they're brace fans. We've had him on before. They're like, why didn't you ask him about, like, I know they're going to hear this and they're going to say, why didn't you ask him about Freddie and extend? Why hasn't he got an extension? It's like, well, he's, it doesn't behoove him. It doesn't help him or us or anybody for him to be asked that question because he can't tell us what's going on. And it doesn't help in negotiation to be public about it. I don't think. Um, so 
you know, why, why I would rather know more general terms of how he goes about his job and how he approaches things. I, that's where I feel like I'm able to learn more about him and the job that he does personally. Well, yeah. And this show is called behind the Braves, but, um, to me, there's some things behind the scenes that you're just not going to be able to talk about. Like what we said, you know, we'll leave that to Dave O'Brien and Bowman and those guys to ask those tough questions and they can get the standard response, you know, like, <laughs> well, you know, we really can't talk about that right now just because we're, we're going to do our best. The timing's not right. All that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll leave those pat answers to those guys. I, I really like you, I really want to know what makes Alex tick. I really want to know um, some things that, uh, that are really interesting in his job and how he goes about his business. Cause to me, that's the stuff you're not going to hear in your standard interviews from ESPN and, um, you know, from the AJC and that kind of stuff. And we really want to get into understanding who Alex is because, you know, like, you know, you and I, we pull for Alex, you know, but and he's a part of the team as much as you and I are a part of the team. Uh, he just has a lot more he has to deal with. And that makes me appreciate him a lot more because he does make those emails and texts and phone calls to people in the organization. And, you know, and I, I learned that from John Sherholtz too. I mean, John was, man, he's sharp. He was always on top of things. He's always interested in what's going out in the newsletter communications about the players and um, because uh, he cares, you know, and he, he wants to see the full, he gets it. He, you know, John got it. It's the full product. Uh, Alex gets it because he understands that we're all on the same team and he's a part of that. And he works with guys like Mike Plant and, you know, president of Battery and Derek Schiller, the president of the Braves and Terry McGurk, who's our, you know, chairman of the board. I mean, we're all on the same team and he reports to those guys and, and um, you know, and he, it, it, we're all kind of there with it. So we all kind of work together, but he makes you feel that way, that that you're not on the field as a team, but you're a part of the Braves as a team. And I just really appreciate that because I know what it's like to be on the team. I mean, I was on the team, but I never realized the bigger team that I was on. And that's the one big thing that I've come to appreciate now working on the business side is that there was a much bigger team that I just didn't realize. And I don't think the players realize it because you can't. I mean, you're you're caught up in your own little world. But I think the people in the office get it more because they see a bigger picture than just what you see as a player. Because, you know, you're really not exposed to that coming up from high school, college, the draft, the minor leagues. Uh, You realize there's a bigger team from the minor league perspective and the coaching perspective, but you don't realize what goes on from a marketing perspective, ticket sales, corporate partners, engineering you just don't you just don't have time to think about all that kind of stuff it's but funny. i yeah but i'm just saying i just I'm, that's the one thing i love about what i see now is that i understand i understand now like oh i get it you know you know i think as we get older hopefully that's where the gray hair comes a little bit more wisdom is like oh i get it now <laughs> yeah it's funny you the what you were just saying there as a former player that we were just a few of us in the office yesterday we're just talking about that very subject and how uh, we, a story was brought up of a, a former Braves player um, who was with the team for a number of years. Um, basically, they were they were taking him to do some uh, they were shooting something, some promo video or something with him. And it involved like I think they were shooting. 
I think we're, and this is, this is years ago. This is, I think in Turner field. So we're, we're, we're going ways back now, but shooting something with him that required like going to actually like some parts of the office and whatnot, or going through it or something. And the player kind of turned to the, the person that was guiding him through there for marketing and said, do all these people work for the Braves? And, <laughs> and it was kind of funny. We were, cause we were talking, having that conversation of players and this is not in any way bad towards the players or anything. The players are in their, they're uh, well, I don't want to use the word bubble because that's that's obviously means something different right now. But in general terms, even in, in pre pandemic times, players are in their own bubble as they should be because you have to be because it's just we it, it, can't you guys have enough on your plate as is without exposing you to a lot of this other stuff. I mean, that's that's why the rest of us are here. We're here to do our jobs to help promote the Braves and keep things running smoothly outside of the team. Uh, but it is interesting that the, there's that 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 bubble there um mm. i'll tell you this i won't name i won't say who the name is but there was a player uh one time who'd been with the braves for a number of years uh at turner field who realized that he had while he'd been with the braves for a while he'd never actually seen like what does the plaza out in front of turner field what does that look like what do they do out there in a game day and so he dressed up in some street clothes borrowed somebody's hat some sunglasses kind of a disguise and walked around out in the plaza one day leading up to a game just because he wanted to see like he'd been there for years never knew what it was like out there and the funny thing was nobody recognized him um but he was dressed up pretty well but just wanted to see what is what is it like like and it's funny you think about a player or somebody on that side of it like yeah we don't know what it's truly like on their side i mean when we i'm talking about me you know what it's like obviously but fans we don't really know what it's like to be in that clubhouse but then there's the flip side of it, of some of those guys might not really know what what is it like to be a fan and go to a game, you know? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I always thought, man, it would be tough to be David Justice, Chipper Jones, Andrew, Hank Aaron, because there's an element of that that you don't ever experience. And I always appreciated that. I'd go to the grocery store and people would say hi to me and they knew they recognized me. But I didn't get hounded or anything like that. You know, and I walk around the stadium, um, you know, today and before games and people say hi and they're like, hey, Greg, what's going on? And and I'm around. But it's like I can do that and still experience what it's like to be a fan, because I'd say, you know, 70 percent or 80 percent of the people, I just look like a great, you know, I'm just a Braves employee. And that's perfectly fine with me. And I don't expect people to. You know, people will apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize who you were. I'm like, you don't have to apologize. I said, I don't, I, I'm just happy to be out here. I, I don't expect you to know who I am. And um, I just, uh, I, I appreciate the fact that I can do that and experience and see things that, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys don't have that opportunity to do that. And that's a shame, but it's just kind of the world, the sports world that we, that we live in. And um, it's the way it goes. But I, I have always thought, um, that I'm appreciative of the fact that I did get to play, but yet I can go out and, and be anonymous and be a fan and, and enjoy walking around and seeing what a normal fan sees or seeing what, um, you know, sees when they come to the game, because it's a great experience and we put on a great show and um, from the standpoint of the people that it takes to, to make it a, an exciting event for the fans to, to experience Braves baseball and, and I get to experience that too. And it, it just makes me love the Braves even more. Absolutely. I, as you were talking about 
your experience of like still being able to go out and go to the grocery store. I was thinking back to my childhood and my dad is a NASCAR driver. Like he, you know, he could he'd sign some autographs and, and whatnot, meet fans, but you know, never, it was not like he was ever just completely hounded or anything. Um, but I mean, he was there for 10 years. So he, you know, get fans or whatever, but the difference was always in when I would be sitting there in the garage area in the truck or whatever, most guys, most of the drivers were like that, where it's like, well, you'd have fans ask for autographs, pictures, whatever. You know, it's fine. But the, here's the difference. When you would see Richard Petty come walking through the garage, you wouldn't see Richard Petty. You'd see his cowboy hat sticking out of the top of a gaggle of people. It always looked like if 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 humans were a bee swarm, that's what it would look like. And, of course, he was the king. He's fine with it. He signed a zillion autographs. But literally, that's whenever you saw that man walking, there was always just this mob of people around him. Never. I don't even know if I ever saw Dale Earnhardt Sr. because he was just like he couldn't go out anywhere. And I when I know when I went to a race a few years ago when Dale Earnhardt Jr. was still racing, that same gaggle, that same mob was right around him where it was just like you maybe caught a glimpse of his face for a second. Um, because there's just some guys that are just like you said, the chippers, the David justice and his heyday that are just on this other level of man. It's, it's a, it's a lot. So, um, but all that to say, like, it, it does make me appreciate somebody like Alex that much more that he's always approachable to anybody in the office. I remember their first, first time I was around him was, uh, the day before the 2018 season. So this was going to be his first full season with us. We did a Facebook live, uh, with him and it was Braves vision shot it. So it looked like, you know, the lighting, everything was perfect and very, very professionally done, looked great. And so I was off camera, but it was my job to kind of read through the comments and pick out questions. Cause this was just, he was taking questions from fans. And so we did that for 30 minutes. He did great, of course. Uh, and then afterwards, we a few of us walked upstairs uh, from where we were shooting with him, and we were just talking with him for a couple minutes. And I was so struck by he's still the same guy he was for the last 30 minutes and the, for the five minutes before we started this. He's not changed. He's the exact same guy. And that's another thing you talk about those those skills that are necessary for somebody in his role. I think that's that's it. You can't be. Um, I don't know what the right, not holier than thou or better, better. You can't just act like you're better than everybody. And he right. doesn't, he's, he's approachable. And and I very much appreciate that. So, hmm. okay. I think I've jabbered on long enough. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the real reason you all are listening. And that's uh, to listen to a brave general manager, Alex Anthopoulos. Hey, Alex, appreciate you joining us here on Behind the Braves. Uh, we're off and running to uh, in 2021 here to the next playoffs. We're, uh, I know it's early to talk about it. And we're, um, you know, we know that this season is a marathon and um, it's just, it's almost hard to believe that now we're rolling into 162 games. So one of the first questions I had for you is um, based upon going from 162 games and then we had this crazy season last year of 60 games and now we go right back into our normal long drawn out season how much more careful are you going to be with guys do you think that last year is going to impact our players um this season because they, they they just didn't have a normal season last year what kind of impact do you think it's going to have and then how much more careful are we going to be with them yeah, I mean, it's something I was just talking 
talking to Charlie Morton about this the other day, just a reminder, like this is such a long year. Last year, 60 games was such a sense of urgency. Game or two, you know, you think about it, right? So we had such a sense of urgency last year. We had to make quick decisions and so on. Now, with such a long grind and trying to keep guys healthy and so on, we're going to be more patient with guys. And you just know you have to let guys work through things if they're scuffling and so on. Look, you're still going to make decisions. You still want to win every game that you you can. Uh, in terms of workloads and things like that, um, I think we're just going to take it day to day to go into the season and say, this guy's only going to throw 120 innings or this guy's only going to throw 180 innings. Um, that You know, I say this with all the respect to the world, that hasn't been pro- proven to work. You know, in the industry, you know, you know, trying to cap innings and so on. Guys still have gotten hurt. So I don't subscribe to that. I did as a really young and experienced GM and it didn't work. Guys still got hurt. So um, we're going to watch guys. But look, we expect guys to be available the entire year. If something presents itself that we need to skip a start, skip a bullpen, IL a guy or shut him down for the season, we'll do it. Um, but we're not going in with that mindset at all. And then from a position player standpoint, we're just going to have to be mindful overall, uh, their workloads, but you know, uh, a lot of these guys have been through it before and it's going to be a grind as we all know. Yeah. And the, I guess the saving grace is that we, this is a young man sport. So we, we are dealing with 25, 25 year olds. They're very flexible and, and uh, they can, they can adjust. So I just remember going back to the strike year and going back to the short season 95, you know, we only, it got cut short a, a month before and a month after it wasn't as a big impact. And I just was curious about that because it seemed like, Probably more so from a pitching standpoint, we'll probably see some some uh, difference. But the one thing I have noticed is that because we had a full spring training, it seems like the pitchers came out a lot sharper and a lot more comfortable as opposed to this rush, get ready for the season and uh, and go right into starting. So I, I just felt like this in general eyeball test, it looks like that the pitchers came out a lot better this year than they did last year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. And I can tell you that me and Snit have had this conversation, too. I was always one of those guys, uh, spring training's too long. We don't need to get there so early. Um, And then last year, having it condensed, um, even the three-week period and so on, you just realize guys get off to slow starts. Some guys need to get some arm strength. I'm I've totally flipped and I'd want to get there as early as we can. No one wants to be away from their families for seven weeks, but I think it's needed, especially for those starters and those, those relievers. Mm. Um, and I think that the time was needed, especially things come up in the spring, right? Something happens, guy needs to, to miss a day here or there. And it always seems like you're scrambling, especially for the rotation guys to make sure you get them stretched out and built up. Mm. And, there isn't anything wrong with having them stretched out with a week to go, with 10 days to go. And it always seems like we're just getting them up to 80, 85 right at the end, and then we're jumping into the season. So, And we all know stress innings, it's different, right? Spring training and during the season. I've had young players tell me, I always ask them when they come up, what's the difference when you threw, you threw your start in Gwinnett or you're up in, you know, up in Atlanta? And they just said every pitch, the stress on my body um, mm-hmm. is so much more meaningful overall. Right. The extra fan base and so on. So I'm a believer in that. I think I think you're 100 percent right. Um, I do think as well. It's I was even you know, I've been seeing it just. We went through, guy, we were going two innings, three innings to start last year, and it just became the norm. Um, and it's nice to finally have some guys that are going five, six innings now in, in rotations. So that's going to be critically important for us over the course of six months as well. Well, before I pitch it to you, Ricky, I, I want to just follow up real quick on that because, you know, in the South we say you can't rush your grits. 
right? It just takes time to make good grits, right? So there's something about spring training, getting those guys ready. But also, I think the one thing I think a lot of people overlook is guys like me would have never made the team if we hadn't had that extended spring training that allowed me to pitch those extra innings, like the seventh, the eighth, when uh, when guys were getting ready and then you needed extra guys on the road trip. I would have never caught Bobby Cox and John Schultz's eye if I hadn't had that long spring training where I got the pitch. So I'm a big proponent of that because it allows you to see guys that may not normally get to see. I completely agree. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, again, this is all from experience. You can get fooled in spring. You can get fooled in spring training on so many levels. But I would say more than anything else, um, early on in camp, it's just a whole primacy bias, right? Guys that are good early, especially guys coming out, they look great. And you cling to that as an evaluator. First week or two of spring training, you see a few guys throw really well out of the bullpen, really well out of the rotation, and they look so good early. The hitter's time there and so on. And as you get towards the end of camp, they're not throwing as well. But you excuse it because you remember what you saw early. (laughs) And really, and it works both ways, you should actually go the other way. I've seen a lot of times where guys don't look great early and they start to come on at, at the end. And at the end is when it should really matter, right? The lineups are better. Guys are gearing up. Guys are paying more attention. And look, the other reason you don't buy into a ton of spring training performance is, you know, guys aren't going to advance, guys. You know, they're not going to – they're not prepping. You don't know who you're going to face, what you're going to see. Guys going to come in. But you're absolutely right. For guys like you or other guys that get to hang around and we get to see them more, and I'll tell you that a guy like Anoa, for example, we didn't know starter Mm -hmm. reliever. But we kept saying, you know, we know Freed's on the team and Anderson's on the team. Let's have him throw backfields. Let's try to get Anoa some some starts. Let's try to continue to see him. Sean Newcomb was throwing the ball well. Let's keep getting him more innings and more more work. Um, and that was the real key for those guys to be on the team because we got to see them more. Alex, I'm I'm just the the silly the dumb Twitter guy uh, here, so I'm not an evaluator of uh, baseball talent, but. I have to tell you, I've and we're only, you know, what, not even two weeks in, but watching Ronald Acuna in this this season so far, and in particular, we were talking about this in the press box last night, or I was talking about how I've gone back and watched the replay of him uh, legging out that grounder, I guess, in the last game, lead off against the Phillies the other night. And this is no lie. I watched it 10 times because I kept thinking I'm missing – something there's a bobble or it went slower than I thought because you just don't that was a routine grounder there was no there wasn't bobbled anything and he still beat it out and I'm sitting there going what am I missing and I'm like no he's just that fast and can you talk about just what he's I, th- I can't remember who it was on Twitter somebody said he's he's beginning to play on planet trout and it kind of it's early but it feels that way I mean can you just talk about what he's a man on mission this year it seems like right yeah, it was Brandon McCarthy. I saw that too. Right. It said that, which he's right. I mean, look, we've seen him three years now, right? And he's a great player. And but after the um, look, the game the other day, like you said, he beat the info. But the four for five game, he made the great catch in right field and the base hits, stolen bases. I went to him after the game and I said, "That's the most complete game I've seen you play." I've seen him play a lot of great games. We all have, right? But that's saying something. And. Um, you didn't think he could get that much better. He is just so dominant right now. It's must-see TV. It's must-watch TV. And I got to tell you, there's a sense of pride. Um, and again, not you know uh, from my standpoint personally, but just for the organization that <clears throat> this is our player. 
and our fans get to enjoy this guy and watch this guy. And I, I think about it all the time because I'm really getting into all the other Atlanta sports teams, whether it's the Falcons or the Hawks, you know, college. I'm still, still trying, but it's tough. Um, but I want somebody to watch each night, you know, and Ronald Acuna right now is like, you're a Braves fan. You want to tune in and see him. And he just the energy, the enthusiasm, he's dominating at every level. You think about if you walk him, he's got a chance to steal on you. If you throw to him, he's got a chance to go deep on you. Um, I even went up to him, you know, because you always see him after he's hitting a home run, he's yelling and, and pointing down to the ground. And um, <coughs> apologize. And um, I went up to him a few days ago. And I said, what are you saying when you're doing that? Right? Like, what is this? You're screaming and yelling, you're pointing down. Like, what is that? I don't think anyone's ever asked him. And he's and Ozuna was there and he goes, beast, beast. I am. I am a beast. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he's yelling in Spanish, um, la bestia, which is beast, you know? So, which I got to tell you, it's not that he's arrogant, but he is a beast right now. I mean, he is just incredible to watch. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with uh, stating the obvious, uh, you know, from from his perspective. So I know, Alex, you're, you're always um, – talking about the team you're talking about the guys but I don't ever hear you talk about yourself which I'm not surprised and I think anybody that knows you um, uh, is is surprised by that but I did want to ask you kind of a personal question what um, and that's really about you going about your business Um, you for me look it's hard to tell how an executive competes right but but you know you're in the business of competition so one question I had for you is um, what motivates you um, to be the best in the game? What is it that inside of you that that makes you want to be the best? Yeah, so <clears throat> I guess I'd say this, and I'm, you know, I'm going to answer this as honestly as I can, but also hope it comes across the right way. Um, and I'm just trying to be as real as I can. So, you know, young person in sports, young family, just like a player, probably, right? You just you worry about job security paying off your house, all that kind of stuff. This is my 10th year as a GM. And, you know, this is not to be arrogant about it, but, you know, these jobs pay well and so on. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I've gotten to a point in my career, which is a good thing, that I don't do this because I have to do it. Obviously, it's a tremendous job. It's a tremendous opportunity. But um, it's not about the status that comes with it or the authority or um, the financial side. None of those things at this point, you know, I'm past that, right? I just have done this long enough and I'm pretty smart about things. Um, I view this job as such a, and it's, this isn't to sound corny, it, it's an honor. It's probably the best way to put it just because, you know, there's a big responsibility and it's a responsibility to the fan base. Everyone says, oh, we love the fans. The fans are great. And it sounds like lip service, but I'm a sports fan and I try to put myself in fan shoes and, the responsibility you have to deliver a team that people in the city, the community can be proud of is a big deal. And, you know, I want to deliver on that. I want to do well on, on that. And I know, you know, it's part of the gig, but everything you do will be scrutinized, right? Everything, every move, big, small, whatever it might be. And it comes with the territory. And I want the fan base to be proud of me as, as a GM. And that's not for ego or anything else, but I want them to feel like, okay, that guy works hard. He cares about us. He cares about both the team. I understand with that there's going to be slings and arrows and so on. But 
you know, the ability that you have in this position to impact the community and a fan base and seeing how fans turn out and how many fans watch on TV and buying the Braves gear and so on. Um, you know, because I see it with the other sports teams that I that I follow. So, um, you know, you put you put pressure on yourself because you want to be good. You want to do a good, good, not because you're worried about keeping your job or money, um, more because of the responsibility that you have. And because I, I, that's why I like being a fan of other sports. I've lost the ability to be a fan in this in this job, but I can still be an Atlanta Hawks fan. I can still be an Atlanta Falcons fan, and. I want to feel good about what the front office is doing and how hard they're working. And, um, you know, the better job I can do and our staff can do, the more proud the, the community and the South is, is going to be. So, you know, realizing at the same time, I'm not going to bat a thousand, you know, and that's the challenging part is, but when we whiff on something or miss, it hurts. Not because I'm worried about being criticized, just because I don't want to get it wrong, you know? Um, and I'm and I'm constantly thinking about 2022, 2023. Yeah, I'm in the moment and we win and lose and it's hard. You come home at night and you try to unplug from things. But I'm always thinking about how do we keep the train going? And, you know, what are we doing a year from now, two years from now, three years from now? So, um, and that to me is what a, a GM should be doing at all times. Yeah, and that's a great point. I was having a conversation with a fan just this week about the the idea that the Braves are the Braves so corporate that they don't really understand the fans, that they don't connect to the fans. And what I love about what you do in your approach is that you do give the face to the organization that says, you know, we do care about winning. We do care about the fans. We do care about – and that's what we try to do on the business side is constantly interfacing – uh, whether what Ricky does with, with Twitter and what we do in the community with Danielle, who you know really well, and what you do on the field is that we kind of give that face to the fans that we're not just this big corporation that doesn't care, that doesn't want to connect with you. And and I think that's so important because they have to see that that we are not about just necessarily dollars and cents, but we could, we care about this team. We care about winning long-term. We care about winning short-term. And so I was just having that conversation to that very thing, because sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in that and for the fan just to see the corporate side of it. And, uh, and I said, well, we don't feel that way. We're, we're passionate about this team. And that's, that's exactly what you're saying right there. No, Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I think the one thing that doesn't probably, maybe it isn't out there enough for the fan base is that all of our employees are massive race fans. And I feel a tremendous sense of responsibility to them. And again, I know this sounds arrogant to say, because it's not, but I understand just in my position, I have a direct impact on the players that are out on the field. Right. And I know from our employees, I walk through the hallways and they live and die with the Braves. They're here. They choose to work for the Braves, not because they're making the most money or the hours are the best. It's because they love the team. I'd say 99% of the people that work for the Braves love the Braves and they're Braves fans. And they're so thrilled that they get to say, I work for the Braves. They're proud. They're proud of doing that. And I know that they're staying for games. Their families are into it. They know what we are all as employees identified as Braves, you know, employees and fans. Like I'm sure when you guys go out to with your friends or people, you know, you're not just Greg or, or Ricky and so on, you guys are Braves employees, right? I'm sure one of the first things that when someone comes up to you, they want to talk about the team. And if I'm doing a bad job, you have to start making excuses for me. Hey, no, you guys look terrible. You guys stink, this and that. And that's my fault. So, and I know it the same way when we do town halls and meetings internally, 
Um, if we're not doing the job, I'm putting you guys in a bad spot too, because you guys have to go out and wear it. I have to wear it too, but everyone's so kind and nice in the South. No one's going to you know, say anything <laughs> in my face, but uh, I'm sure on, on your end, you guys have to deal with it. So uh, there's a lot of responsibility there because there's a lot of people so locked into the, the, the team that don't have a say in terms of what players are on the field. So it's almost like they're forced to have blind trust. And I don't want to break that trust. Hey, the only only nicer people than the people in the South are probably Canadians. Yeah, yeah. Toronto <laughs> was, was really good, too. I mean, obviously, if, if you're going online, it's going to be different. But anybody you come up to, you know, I think everyone's really nice. And, you know, maybe one of the small advantages is the fact that I didn't grow up here. I don't have this big community of friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably easier for me to be more objective in this job. Um, you know, I also think part of that is just from experience. As a young GM, I made decisions at times because, well, the PR aspect of this or the fan base aspect of this. And, you know, uh, the bottom line with these things, your job is to be be right. You know, and yeah, in the moment, you might get ripped and be criticized and so on. But as long as you're right at the end of the day, more times than not, you're, you're going to be fine. Alex, when we've had you on before, I've, I think I've, I've both times I think I asked you something along the lines of, of – or I said something about I'm always fascinated with GMs and what you do. And it's if I could ever be a fly on the wall, like that whole scenario, it would be to watch just pro sports GMs or like I'm a big college basketball fan, like watching a basketball coach recruit. And because these are things that I just I know I don't I'm not skilled in those areas and I, I don't know how they work. So I'm just fascinated by people who are highly skilled in those areas, such as yourself. So, um, of course, we were all thrilled that that you were able to, to bring Marcel back. Uh, I think everybody that's a Braves fan or connected with the Braves, we, everybody was thrilled about that. One thing I was so struck by, um, especially the press conference, which, by the way, was, I think, the most entertaining press conference I've ever watched uh, with, with you with you and, Mar- and Marcel giving you a hard time. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but was to hear that... Uh, Really, you like the the negotiations or the talks didn't start until a couple of days beforehand. So, I am of the mindset like when I want something or I see something I want, it's like I I, I I'm starting to get a little older now, so I'm starting to exercise patience in these areas. But traditionally, I have not. So I just wonder how are you able? Like obviously, you knew you wanted Marcel back or you needed that bat back. But how do you exercise such patience to just wait? I mean, this is months you had to wait. I mean, how does how are you able to trust that, okay, I can wait on this and I think it will, it will still be there when, when the time is right. Yeah. I mean, trust, <clears throat> you know, you can't, and look, it's not I- ideal. So, you know, I, obviously after we did that, I saw Marcel in spring training. We sat, I sat at his locker, just shooting the breeze about all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, I don't know, something came up about, you know, the off season or free agency or signing players. And I said, Hey, would you have taken that deal at the beginning of the off season? He goes, Oh no. You know, I said, of course you wouldn't have, you know, and that's sometimes, you know, um, you just appreciate the fact that I think of it is knowing the player, knowing the person, knowing the expectations, you know, still communicating with his representation as well. So, you know, we didn't engage in a negotiation, you know, offers back and forth, things like that, but we stayed in touch. And, you know, beyond that, though, um, you know, I think with Mar- with Marcel, it was just going to be one of those things. Look, could it have happened sooner, earlier? Sure. Um, but the market overall for a lot of these big position players took some time. J.D. Romuto took some time. George Springer took some time. D.J. LeMahieu took some time. Um, 
the year prior, pre-pandemic, the 2019 offseason, that seems like every big deal was done by December. The winter meetings, Rendon, Garrett Cole, Strasburg, all, all these guys signed. Um, but look, it, it's tough because, you know, in free agency, you just don't know. You get one phone call, guys off the board, a guy's gone. So um, a big part of it is staying in contact um, and trying to get a feel for one a player is ready to go. And when a, um, an agency representation is ready to go, sometimes there's just a feeling out process and <clears throat> it's not salary arbitration, right? So we can sit there going into the off season and say, well, in previous, you know, off seasons, similar players got X, but every market is different. Every off season is different. Teams are different. Um, you know, needs are different and so on. So sometimes it needs needs to play out. Um, I think with Marcel, the challenging part was going to be that he made $18 million last year on a one-year deal. We gave up a draft pick. He's coming off a stronger year, albeit 60 games. You've got the pan- pandemic piece of it. You know, look, we're a club that cut our payroll. I don't know ultimately where all the other clubs are. I haven't looked back. Um, and you know, how do you basically balance all that? So, um, I think the only way, rather than for me trying to sit down and explain what I think, you know, the right deal is it's, you know, there's no right or wrong reason. It's what free agency will pay. And so I think it, it was important in my mind for him to see what was out there to gather information. And then at that point, that was the time for us to sit down and talk and say, okay, you've had time to gather information, see where you're at. Um, You can give us some feedback on where you're at and maybe we can come together because ultimately you want to be here. We want you here, but that's probably going to be the cleanest negotiation. And, you know, the Josh Donaldson negotiation was probably very much in the same vein. That one took some time. We had a very good idea of where that was going. Um, you know, we ultimately made a decision to not go that high. Not that we didn't love the player one and back. Um, it just, it got to a number that was just going to be tough for us to build around them. So, um, but look, it, it's net never a good feeling, especially as other guys are dropping off, off the board and um, a right-handed bat was critically important to us and what he meant to the clubhouse and so on. Um, things can go sideways at any time, right? So you don't sleep great, but you still have to do what you think is right. And hopefully it works out. Hey, buddy, we appreciate you being here with us today. And I was just going to let you know, on opening day, I met two lovely young ladies that said they were going to listen today. And I want to give a shout out to them. And that's Christina and Julia Anthopoulos. Oh, okay. So they said they were going to listen to uh, to us. And so I, I told Julia for sure I'd, I'd make sure I got a shout out to her. So appreciate she you loves guys listening. Name, she loves getting name dropped. Whatever <laughs> she, <laughs> well, she just got it. So Yeah, uh, right. Well, Well, hey, we'll let you go back to work and uh, appreciate you uh, for everything that you're doing. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on again sometime in the future. All right. All right, guys. Really glad to do it. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our thanks again to Braves general manager Alex Anthopoulos for joining us here on Behind the Braves. One thing he talked about that is completely true is a lot of the Braves employees, all of us that are here, it's like we're all Braves fans and we're not necessarily here because for for because it's the money or it's this or it's that. It's like you truly love the Braves. And I, he's right, too. I don't know if you get this. I get this. Um, and friends and family or whoever it's like uh early on when i first see them or we first go out or whatever it's like they want to know about the braves and it's like 
I'm always happy to talk about it. And I, I'm not going to lie. I take pride in the fact that I have a job that I think a lot of people find interesting and they want to talk to me about. And that's, and that it's with my team that I've always loved. It makes me that much more prideful of it. And it's, I honestly hearing Alex talk about that in our interview, it, it made me feel really, really good that he recognizes that, that that's how, and it's because that's the truth we were all there. A lot of us are here. Most of us are here are Braves fans and, and are here because we want to be with the Braves. So it's, it's, I don't know. It just made me feel good to hear that. So. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm always impressed with Alex when, when I get a chance to spend some time with him and um, I wouldn't mind it if we had an update every podcast from him, just because I have a million questions and I think about his staff, you know, it's not just him. It's just also his staff, whether it's Jason or, um, you know, of course we've lost some, some, uh, some good guys that um, Perry that was working for him is now the general manager and we congratulate him on that. And he was a, he was a great interview that we had uh, last year or the year before. I can't remember. Um, oh, it's two years ago, I guess during the winter meetings and um, he's with the angels now. So, but all those guys, I just, I'm, I'm fascinated and I could just sit and talk with them time and time again. So we appreciate him being with us and I always look forward to the next time. Absolutely. One, uh, another thing I always look forward to, uh, two things really alumni weekend. It's always one of my favorite weekends of the year. Obviously it's, it's one of your big events that you do such a great job putting together. Uh, when is, when is alumni weekend this year? So May 21st uh, through the 23rd, we're playing the pirates and uh, which we've got a great history of uh, some games back in the nineties with the pirates uh, we all remember Sid Slid in 92, 91, we beat the Pirates as well for the National League Championship. And um, so, yeah, we hope that everybody can come out and make it. We are doing Alumni Sundays now. We just had our first one with Dale Murphy. We've got another one coming up on the 25th. So hope come out and join us for that. We'll be in the plaza. Um, I'll be doing a Q&A with, a, with an alumni and that'll be around, um, you know, an hour or two before, a couple hours before game time. I can't remember this past one was a night game. I think the 25th, I'm not sure if it's a night game or, or a day game, but we'll be out there a couple hours before uh, doing Alumni Sunday, and we'll continue that on in, in May. But, yeah, Alumni Weekend's one of my favorite weekends. It's a big event for us. I'll bring out probably 50 to 60 alumni. We'll be doing a parade and um, all different types of stuff throughout the weekend. So uh, check uh, Braves.com for that. And we'll be, I'm sure we'll get you, Ricky, to send out some tweets about that. And, and we'll be uh, uh, promo, promo and alumni weekend. Look forward to it. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait. Is there, have we decided, like, are there going to be, like, home run derby? or, or uh, Well, as it, as it is right now, Major League Baseball won't let anybody on the field because That's of the whole um, – you know, they're still, they are still a little bit in a bubble uh, where, you know, there's, you can't have to, we can't even do throughout the first pitches and stuff right now at the ballpark. Uh, that may change, but as of right now, we won't be doing home run derby, but we've got some other creative things that we're going to be doing. Like I said, we'll probably still do the parade and, um, and hopefully we're going to be doing autographs and some different things, but we're working out the schedule right now and then we'll let everybody know. That sounds great. Well, and that's one of the great things about the battery 
here is that we can do so many things out here in the battery with, with alumni, which you do with alumni Sundays. And, and the parade is just, that's always one of those days where it's just so cool. Like seeing this whole thing, Truist park and the, the entire, the battery Atlanta all coming to fruition. It's just, it becomes like main street USA on, uh, on parade day, alumni weekend, everybody gathers and, uh, see all your favorite former Braves uh, and Greg McMichael come riding through in those uh, convertibles or trucks or whatever you got. So uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a fun time. So, well, good deal. Well, we're, uh, we're rocking and rolling here. The season's underway and I think it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, yeah, hopefully we're uh, maybe we'll check back in with Alex later this season and uh, see, see how things are going then. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh Thank you to everybody, as always, for listening and rating and reviewing, subscribing behind the Braves. We very much appreciate it. Uh, For Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next week. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at Braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.